say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Keep the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the crease. Jameson does it. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. What's up, people? Welcome in on this Wednesday, on uh, this game day, all across Central New York, Hughes, Utica, Rome, wherever you're at, wherever you feel like being today on QSportsTalk.com. Checking out the show, getting ready for the game tonight, Hughes at Clemson, 7 o'clock tip time. We got you fully covered here on these airwaves and the surrounding stations. Up and down the dial from elsewhere in the building. Looking forward to it tonight. Houston Clemson will be here with Devo for post game after that. So we can talk now before and we can talk again after. See where we were right, wrong, and otherwise in this one. Figures to be a close game. Famous last words, but figures to be a close game uh, tonight. We'll get the uh, Clemson perspective of things coming up at 3.30 with Tim Beret, their radio analyst. Uh, Tim, Tim's been around there forever. I don't know what he's got cooked up for this one. He's always got something. He's always got a little stat, a little nugget, a little uh, number, a little piece of information that he researched like 35 years ago and then figured it out again just today, just for this. So we'll see what Tim's Tim's got under his hat today. He'll be joining us next hour at uh, 3.30 to tell us about uh, the Tigers. I don't know about the rest of you. Like Clemson's a, an odd team in that their record says they're good. Uh, their metrics say they're eh. The tournament right now is saying mm-mm. And just, you know, their their schedule, their times, the whole thing, I really haven't seen them play a lot. I don't know if anyone else has just taken in a lot of Clemson basketball this year. Uh, not I. Like, I know they're good, but I, I don't think this by any means, you know, undoable, unduly difficult, or anything like that tonight. So we'll certainly talk a lot of hoops with you over the course of of uh, the next two hours. We'll also get into a little lacrosse coming up in less than half an hour. The editor-in-chief of Inside Lacrosse is Matt Kadir. He will be with us at 2.30 today. Matt was at, well, it wasn't just at, he was you know working, covering, writing about, the whole thing. Uh, the Cuse Maryland game this past Saturday, setting down to a lovely Florida, where for some reason Ohio State is playing Virginia this weekend. I don't know why. Matt can tell us. Talk to him. Talk a little lax. The the season's underway. Uh, we had like week negative one, week zero. Uh, last week was maybe week one. Everybody in the country, the Ivy League, the Irish. I don't know what Notre Dame was up to. Uh, they weren't playing. But uh, everyone finally played lacrosse last week. And the season has officially begun still before it, it should begin. But that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but we'll talk to Matt and uh, off and running. And it is Cuse and uh, Carolina in the Dome on Saturday. Cuse Carolina in the Dome on Saturday, and it's now the second game of this four-game run of Maryland, Carolina, Duke, Hopkins. Let's go. All culminating in the, the Hopkins game in the Dome in a few weeks and the retirement of Mike Powell's jersey. Looking forward to that event. Uh, it's kind of strange. Like Within the span of about like a week and a half, Hack, Jerry, and Mike Powell are, are all going to be um, up in the rafters. On the concrete, it's not really rafters in the dome. What are we, like, uh, hung next to the, the concrete wall? I, I don't know what we call it. 
And it's so strange with all the excitement, and we just heard in the last hour and this great event coming up next Friday with the 03 championship game and this, that, and the whole thing. And Jerry's great and Hack's great. Yeah, they're not the best athlete in Syracuse history getting their jersey retired even in March in the Dome this year. All apologies. No apologies. All three of those guys, I mean, they were all here at the same time. I don't know how much Jerry and Hack were uh, taken in the, the Lax squad, but uh, Mike is, let's see, let's do the math. Mike would be a year older than Hack, two years older than uh, Jerry. So they were all contemporaries back uh, 20-some-odd uh, years ago. And, uh, we are a year past uh, the 20th anniversary of Mike Powell's first national championship and a year removed from the 20th anniversary of his second and his first Tawaratan Award and his second. And whichever way you want to look, you can find an anniversary of him being a first-team All-American or the best attackman in the country or this, that, and the other thing. But we'll uh, we'll certainly get into that more uh, more when we get closer to uh, that game and into the Pals. That's not for a few weeks out yet, but uh, we'll talk lax with Matt Kinnear coming up in uh, 25 minutes' time, coming up at the bottom of this hour. Always good to uh, chat with Matt. And that's going to be a big game uh, for Syracuse early in the season. You're talking about a big game for the basketball team uh, tonight for sure, but... The lacrosse season, compared to hoops anyway, is so short. Total volume of games is slightly less than half. That, like, if Syracuse has any designs of, you know, turning last year's 4-10 and 10 around and getting back to the playoffs this weekend, I'm not saying, we're not saying here on February 22nd, looking at a team that's got a 3-1 and one record, that you've got a must-win game, but you know by that first Sunday of May that you are going to need to have wins like the type of win that is available to acquire this week in the Dome. That was available to acquire last week. That will be available to acquire next week. Now you have multitudes of opportunities, but you might as well start stacking them early. The Orange uh, schedule is heavily skewed to early home games, late road games uh, this year. Heavily skewed that way, certainly uh, toward their uh, big games. We're on the road last week, but now at home for a while, and then uh, most of their road conference schedule comes later in the year. Makes sense in many ways. Uh, I've heard it's nice in the Dome this time of year, and it's kind of crappy to play lax outside of most anywhere else this time of year. So that should work out, and we'll, we'll talk to Matt about all that stuff coming up at uh, 2.30. But uh, hoops to start. Cuse and Clemson tonight. Cuse and Clemson tonight. It is weird how how so much has changed around how I think we're viewing the greater sphere of this game tonight within the last couple of weeks. Like when we started examining the Q schedule, remainder of the way, can they make a run? Is there a chance for the tournament? I'd say this was about four games ago now. We were looking at a stretch of the final eight saying, all right, you got a couple easy games. You go down to Florida State, BC, Florida State, got to win these games, then... Can you figure out a way to make some hay down the stretch? Got the NC State game. You look at it. All right. You got a possible quad one opportunity with Duke. Obviously, that uh, went uh, not the way you wanted. You've got possible quad ones in Clemson and Pittsburgh. Like, this is what you had set up here for the closing stretch of the season. Well, my oh my, how things have turned. Now, Syracuse, after that loss to Duke, is sitting in a position where an at-large is so far beyond the realm of uh, thought right now. It's not really worth discussing. Like you'd have to win a lot in a row to get to that point, including into the ACC tournament. So while Syracuse would like to win that game and start putting themselves in position for all that stuff, that is 
more of the pipe dream than the reality of what it would take Syracuse to make the tournament this year, which is winning the ACC tournament. Whereas for Clemson, when we were talking about that for Syracuse, like the Clemson game was like, well, that's a quad one game. And you just didn't think otherwise of it. Yeah, well, they're leading the ACC. Of course that's a quad one game. Why do I need to look? They're leading the ACC. Do I need to do further research on this? Uh, No. Well, since then, Clemson has dropped four or five games. So suddenly the conversation around this game is flipped. Like everything we thought this game might be for Syracuse tonight, now it is that for Clemson. Not that it's a quad one opportunity, but Clemson's coming in tonight saying, we have to win this game. Clemson is sitting right now. They have fallen off not just the bubble, but the bubble of the bubble. You look at Joe Lenardi, and it was great to chat with Joe on Monday on the program, or any of the bracketologies right now. Pick your favorite bracketologist. I don't care. They all, they're all in agreement on this. Like Joe does, you know, the last four in, the first four out, the next four out. You know what's not listed in any of those columns this week? The Clemson Tigers. They were leading the ACC two and a half weeks ago. They are not even on the bubble today. Leading the ACC, not on the bubble. And uh, Clemson's, I mean, they have had some mystifying losses this year. Their resume is lacking. I mean, they've got quad one wins, but they're lacking, you know, uh, a frame it and hang it on the wall kind of win this year, and that's not available to them tonight. Their next two games are, are chances for two of their biggest wins of the year if they can, road games at NC State and at Virginia. Like, if they can win those games, they can find themselves right back in the mix. But Clemson's problem this year is losing the inexcusable. inexcusable. They did on Saturday, like, the one thing in the ACC that you cannot do this year. Rule one. Rule one. In the 2022-2023 ACC manual, read this and simply this. Do not lose to Louisville. They lost to Louisville. Do not lose to Louisville. Uh Uh-oh, lost to Louisville. Don't do it. Don't lose to Louisville. They lost to Louisville. You lose to Louisville? Where are you? Not in the NCAA tournament. Teams that lose to Louisville do not get to go to the NCAA tournament. That's the rule. It only applies to four teams in the country currently. And the only other one in the ACC it applies to is Georgia Tech. There's a lot of other rules that will be keeping Georgia Tech out of the tournament, like you got to have a winning record, things like that. So Clemson has like one of the weirder resumes in the country. Like you look at it right now, they're sitting, they're fourth in the ACC in almost every other year in history. Fourth in the ACC tournament, no brainer. Now this is literally, we're talking at large stuff. This is literally like a must-win game for Clemson tonight. Where for Syracuse. You're, again, not the team, but us analyzing. You're starting to think more like, okay, we get it. It's unlikely now, but can you set yourself up to make it to a place where you have a path to win the ACC tournament? And that still is winning as many games down the stretch as you can. You can getting a higher seed and uh, the whole deal. And your game against Wake Forest coming up in a couple weeks could be a tie-breaking game. You get a Clemson win. You're going to shuffle your way up. We'll see how it all goes. I mean, likely the Orange aren't going to be climbing higher. They'll they'll be probably somewhere between 7, 8, and 9 in the league, the way this thing is shaken out at the moment. That's what it kind of looks like. But you want to be higher. You want to be higher. And I think it's going to be a good game tonight. 
I thought it was going to be a good game on Saturday. I was uh, incorrect. So uh, here's doubling down on that. But I think we're going to get a good game tonight. And what we'll get into later in the show, what will you know define how this game is going to go uh, this evening as far as what Syracuse needs to do to win the game. But uh, I, the path is easier to see today than in hindsight, you know, what we saw against Duke. You know, GMAC was on, and we'll play back a little bit of uh, him later. He was just on with Orange Nation. And, and I agree with Jerry. And, like, Jerry was scouting the game. Like, he was more into it than I was, and I'll ever be on this, that he didn't think that, Duke's size would affect Syracuse as much as it did. And clearly, not only that, it like decided the game. Well, Clemson has size in P.J. Hall, but besides that, that's not what they are. So the issues Syracuse had on Saturday against Duke, I feel, are less systemic than very specific. That was issues, as we know now, that the Arch had and probably would have if they played them again with Duke. I don't think that is the case with Clemson. Not to say there can't be issues tonight, but just because Syracuse got waxed by 22 on Saturday, I don't think any specifics of that game are necessarily worrisome uh, for tonight, other than the same general worries we've had all year about Syracuse. Can they rebound the ball? You know, Are, are you going to guard the three-point line? Stuff like that. But it's not stuff that Clemson does. Like Clemson's good, but what Duke had that was good is not what Clemson has uh, that's good. So hopefully that works out. Uh, better for the Orange uh, tonight. We'll see how it goes. I I have no way guaranteeing an Orange win tonight. I don't think that's the case. This is going to be a very tough game. And certainly with Clemson coming off a loss to Louisville. Don't lose to Louisville. I think they will be amply uh, fired up on the Clemson sideline. Well, Syracuse can play in this game. Syracuse can win this game uh, tonight. With that, let's hit a break. Again, Matt Kinnear inside lacrosse coming up. At uh, 2.30, here from a little Jerry, your calls as well, 315-437-7644. When we come back, off and running here on the 315 on this Wednesday afternoon in the Q's. Talking Q soups, talking lax, all that here today on QSports.talk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Is the 315 with Brian Higgins. Here we are rolling along on this Wednesday. Game night. Cuse. Clemson. 7 o'clock tonight from Little John Coliseum. They did some uh, renovations there a few years back. Nice it up a pretty significant amount. Uh, Clemson's just building stuff down there, man. Lacrosse field, softball fields, like they're just making up teams and building things down there. They got the, they got boatloads of cash down there from that uh, football team. Huh? They got all sorts of new buildings and stuff and fineries. Houston, Clemson, a women's lacrosse that is their newest uh, sport down there. I believe that is the last Orange regular season game, if I'm remembering my quick glance at the schedule from uh, yesterday. So that'll be a minute from now. Clemson's schedule is like the stars and scrubs. They're playing like a bunch of crap in the whole ACC. It's like, welcome to a sport. Uh, good luck. And ah, oh, my God. They're just kind of all over the place. Like, they're going to blow you out or get blown out. I don't know how much middle ground Clemson uh, women's lacrosse is going to have uh, this year. I'm sure all of you are paying close attention to that. That's what you come to the show for. We will talk uh, men's lacrosse with Matt Kinnear coming up in about 10 minutes. He covered Cuse in Maryland last weekend, and he is the editor-in-chief of Inside Lacrosse. 
So uh, he knows a thing or two or three or four or five about the whole situation. So we'll get into uh, the early season of Lax with Matt coming up in less than 10. Uh, but right now, maybe uh, maybe we can hear some. Let's see. What do, we, uh, what do we have? What do we have to play for you today? It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the random wheel. All right, it feels a lot like this game could come down to if Jesse Edwards is going to have a bounce back game and beyond that, outplay his counterpart, P.J. Hall of Clemson. Not just, you know, he's going to be better than he was on Saturday. That kind of goes without saying. And if it doesn't go without saying, we don't need to play the game tonight. But can he be better than P.J. Hall? Jerry McNamara was on Orange Nation uh, a little bit ago, and uh, here is Jerry on what Jesse struggled with against Duke, and we can... uh, Kind of see if that's going to apply tonight or not. We weren't able to get him the ball close enough. Um, you know, the majority of his touches came outside the paint. Um, the better job, the better job he can do to seal position and get it closer to the basket. Obviously, the more efficient he's going to be and the more opportunities he's going to have. Um, you know, the second thing is against a team like that. It's almost like you know, years for years, people would say it's difficult to simulate the Syracuse zone and. You know, it's difficult to simulate the double that they had. I mean, Derek Lively is as good defensively as anybody in the country, um, and, and that's fine. That's that's great. But when you send a double team, usually you're sending a double team of a player that's maybe a little bit smaller, not as physical, but they're sending a double team a lot of times with another seven-footer. I think that was the biggest issue for him was seeing the size at both positions in the double. Uh, so the brief chances we had of opportunities to pick it apart and make some plays out of it, we weren't able to capitalize on it. We turned it over once, we got the ball tipped, uh, we dropped one off and bobbled it. Um, we just weren't able to counter off of their aggression in terms of double teaming. But uh, a couple things, we got to do a little bit better job of getting him better position down low. He's got to do a better job of sealing and finding his opportunities from six feet and in. And, um, you know, again, Duke had a really good game plan and they – we, we played poorly. We did, but a lot of that was attributed to how they defended. They, they were a better defensive team in person than, than I think I had scouted. Um, and, and one of the reasons was it, it was really difficult to see around two seven-footers. Yeah, and that's what Duke had on the court much of the game. When you look at Derek Lively, as Jerry mentioned, and Kyle Filipowski, who for all intents and purposes is Duke's four. I mean, he could easily be a, a stretch five kind of guy. But they had two big dudes on the court pretty much at all times. Now, Clemson's uh, leading scorer is Hunter Tyson. He's 15 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds a game. He's their four. He's their power forward. He's 6'8". Now, he's a big dude. He's a strong dude, but he's 6'8", not 7 feet. That is four inches for uh, the math incline. Their center is P.J. Hall. He's uh, he's strong like Bolt. He's 6'10", listed 245. He's a big, strong dude. He's been there a long, long time. Now, he and Jesse didn't do battle last year. It was a game Syracuse won. That was after Jesse's injury last year. But, uh, you know, depending on whatever Clemson's strategy is going to be with Jesse tonight, let Hall deal with him one-on-one, send a double. It won't be like what Duke had available to send at him on Saturday in volume of size on the court at the same time because that's just not what Clemson has. So that feels like it should be good news for Jesse tonight. It feels like where we've seen Jesse struggle this year, And the two games primarily come to mind. The first Virginia game and Duke. Virginia doubled, like, off the bus, early, aggressively. Not with the size that Duke had. Nobody in the league has that kind of size on the court with that talent level at the same time. But 
Virginia's constant harassing double teams just shut Jesse down in that first Virginia game. By the second Virginia game, it's not like Jesse had a huge game, but he had a sense of what to do with it. And the Orange should have or could have won that game. Well, so Clemson will have seen that. Clemson will have seen what happened Saturday. The most likely way to shut him down is send a double. Will they do it? I don't know. But in the games he's been shut down this year, whether just huge guys or not, it's been with a double team. Now, Jesse figured out at least somewhat how to deal with double teams that were not overwhelming in size. Think back to the games that happened immediately after the first Virginia game. There was a stretch of a few games in a row where doubles were coming of not enough size with not enough aggressiveness, and Jesse was picking them apart. He was kicking it back out. Those were his best assist games of the years. Then teams stopped doing that as much, and it kind of goes back to the old status quo. Now, Duke did it with overwhelming size. And Jesse couldn't go to the basket. Jesse couldn't kick it back out. There was nothing he could do, and it all fell apart. It doesn't feel like that should be possible to happen tonight because I don't think Clemson has uh, those parts to do that specifically tonight. Hopefully I'm correct. We will see. I didn't think it was going to happen that way on Saturday, to be honest, until you see it. And then once you saw it for a few minutes, uh uh-oh. I don't think there's an answer to this one. This is one of those uh, multiple choice questions where none of the above is the answer. Now that's what happened on Saturday. I think Jesse can Jesse can play with Hall tonight. Like PJ Hall's a good player, but like come on now. He's not he's not gonna overwhelm Jesse. And then it's gonna be up to everybody else, you know, to have their way with it. We'll get into that later in the show, what everyone else is gonna have to do uh tonight for Syracuse to win the game. Not might do, but it's going to have to do for Syracuse to win the game. We'll hit no wrong answers on tonight's game coming up in the second hour. We'll talk Clemson side of things with their radio color analyst and uh, longtime SID Tim Beret. We'll do that in the second hour as well. Coming up next, a little lacrosse talk. The editor-in-chief of Inside Lacrosse is Matt Kinnear. He was at Houston, Maryland last week. He'll be all about uh, the country and big games. He'll be at Virginia and Ohio State this weekend. He is everywhere you want to be when it comes to the lacrosse scene. We'll talk to Matt when we come back after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Cy? Let's look at this thing from a uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go backwards. Can't go forward. What am I going to do? Hey, what happened? You have nothing better to do at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. This is a great day. A really great day. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. Oh, what have we done? We've talked about the basketball game tonight. Syracuse is going to make Clemson in basketball, so I've heard that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. X pregame 6, meet Devo postgame uh, after the game. Nine-ish. Be with you right here. Taking your calls, sitting you up in the chat. 
All that good stuff that we do on the post-game program brought to you by Burdick Lexus and Burdick BMW after the show tonight. Talked a little lax. Always good to chat with Matt Kinnear, the editor-in-chief of Inside uh, Lacrosse on what he saw out of the Orange this past week and uh, what he sees in the air for lacrosse in general uh, this season. Big game this weekend. Houston, Carolina, Dome, Saturday, uh, 3 o'clock. First of six ACC games, and they are all vital to all of the teams in the league with such a compact, condensed uh, schedule. So we've uh, done all of that. With that, phone lines are open, 315-437-7644. Let's go to the phones. We got Pat. Pat, hello. How are you doing today? Hey, Brian. So last time we talked was obviously after um, – the Duke debacle, and that'll lead me to my first question for you Mm -hmm. and both your opinion in and of itself and then how you think, uh, you know, your pulses on uh, the fan base. Don't you do, how would you have felt if we played the way we did against Virginia and Carolina and, um, you know, all the close Miami, those three games, particularly, I I think are the ones at, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like a close loss to St. John's or Bryant. You're 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 still not feeling like you're happy about the product on the floor. You know, Bryant stinks. Uh, St. John's is is not good. Um, and losing a close game versus winning, obviously, you 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 would rather win. But that's not the point. The the, the point is the the feeling. We were in a vulnerable state as it was, and you wanted to at least live up to. The pregame hype. I know it wasn't a typical Duke, you know, hype, but thirty-one thousand strong. How do you think you would have felt, and how do you think the fan base would have felt? Let's say you lose by five. Oh, I mean, I think think it's completely different, Pat, because then you can, you know, you're still bummed that you lost, but you're right. It's those three games specifically. Then you toss it in the same pot with Virginia and uh, Miami and, and Carolina and say, man, this team is close, but it can't get over uh, the hump this year. Yeah, it's a completely I, different feeling getting blown out. I guess that's my point because you kind of redirected me the last time we talked, and rightfully so. You know, I, I, I was never under the opinion that 4-2 and two was going to get it done, but that, would, but, but that would put you in a decent spot. And, um, you know, then you got to take care of business in – Greensboro and see what happens and see, you know, see, see how that crazy week works for everybody else, you know? And I guess the reason after just one loss, you saw a complete flip of the narrative is just what we spoke about. We got embarrassed and I, I just, it's just too many times this program gets embarrassed to the point where you don't even know what is going on. I mean, there's no adjustment. I can go on and on with the games where, yeah, some, sometimes 100%. You're, it's just a bad game, and you move on. But, you know, we've, we've been told that on your station, by your airways, not you particularly, for, for just far too long. And people are just fed up with it. I mean, I, I, I can't find a person that's like, oh, it'll be fine, we're fine. I, I, I mean, how do you expect a fan to feel? Is 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 my question for you? Well, I mean, why would anybody? No, like nobody likes this season. Like it's been fun. I'll say this for this season. Like setting aside the Duke game and what the second Virginia Tech game, and you know, obviously, you know, throw out the first month. Of what the about season. the Colgate game? Well, I, I say that, for, for that this Colgate game was was probably the biggest. Well, like, yeah, that, that to me 
is something I'll remember in 10 years. Yeah. That but, you lost to Colgate on consecutive years, and you got embarrassed, and they they gave up 19-3. I mean, I'd say, I Pat, don't know. Pat, I'd say, let's, for the sake of this, let's throw out the first month. Let's just agree the first month sucked. Like, the first month was crap. Um, but after that, there's been basically two games that have not been fun, and win, lose, or otherwise, the rest of the games have been like, all right, that's... That was a good watch. So I think some people are maybe over the ledge a bit too far about, you know, you, well, want, you want more wins. Of course, everyone wants more wins this season, but I'd say over the last two months, watch the, the enjoyment level's been okay of watching the games. Like, you wanted to win the Carolina game, but for two hours it was a good game, was it not? It's tough because that goes back to the, you know, what does a fan, you know, and, and again, it's not just about the fans. It's, it's even about the athletes. Would you rather lose by, like I said to Duke, lose by six or lose by one play? You know, and just too many times over the last two, three years, we've lost games. We had no business losing. Like, go back last year, a lot of the same players making a lot of the same stupid mistakes and a lot of the same stupid play calling has cost us games. Lack of clock management, lack of knowing how, how to inbound the ball. Lack of being prepared, lack of knowing about timeout. I can go on and on and on. To me, I've been watching not only this program, but college basketball way too close for way too long to think that things are on on, on the downside. I don't think we're prepared. I don't think we have good game plans. I don't think we know our personnel. I just don't think we're doing a good job as a basketball program. I mean, look at the look at the decisions that we've made in recruiting. We could have had Jalen Brunson, and we decided to pass on him. That's a fact. I could go down a list of 10 guys. Uh, who's the guy from Iowa State who wanted to come here? We didn't recruit him because of, I, I can't remember if it was Quad A. Green or Caleb Joseph, one of those guys. I mean, there's just so much wrong with this program. And then, it, and then you, look at, you look at Jim Boeheim, and it's like not only – are people questioning his effort? They're now they're they're questioning his professionalism. I mean, literally, his the people he reports to, he had to answer. Don't don't you know? He had to answer for for those words that he spoke about the program and about who's you know on on whose terms it is, and it got national recognition. To me, this whole season is a dumpster fire. Whether we won five more games or lost be, between the off the court shenanigans. I just don't know how anyone can feel any hope about what's going on up there. Oh, Pat, I'd say so, I, I'd say if, if they'd won five more games, we would like. I, I'll toss that out. If they won five more games, we're not having this conversation because they're, no, 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 they're no, in the no. tournament. What, then, what, man. What, like if they're no, in the tournament with five is, more. No, that's not what I meant. I, I maybe maybe I misspoke. What I meant is, let's say we lost five more games, or we're kind of in that middle of the road. I feel as bad about this program. With the state that it is now versus if we had lost three or four or five more games than we have because of what else is going on. We have nobody coming in next year. And we got a lot of guys that have a foot out the door this year. And we've seen it in lacrosse. And, and you know, people were blindsided by lacrosse and the women's program. It got, I just think we're so naive. I, I, I just think this is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And I don't think just getting rid of Jim is the answer. I'm just here to say, what can we do and where did this go wrong? I mean, it's so bad. So bad. 
Well, I'd, I'd say that's just... Talk me off the ledge. Well, Talk okay. me off the All ledge. All right, Pat, hang with me. You're, like, you're, in, you're in super negative town right now, so we're going to try to give you some some happy thoughts. And I know, like, we we don't know who's going to... Like, is the whole roster coming back next season? Of course not. Like, who's leaving? I, I don't know. But if you bring back a reasonable portion of this and you hit the portal and you get a guy or two, like, you could have a reasonable team next year. Like, I don't know what the roster's going to look like. It's impossible to predict oh, these days. But to, to say, we, like, it's completely shot for next year already, like, let's just let's just reel it in. It's it's only say I'm only saying that not because it's doom and gloom, because they have already shown, like, you know, when we get guys in the portal, um, there's excuses. Oh, it takes a long time to learn the zone. And then the next year, it's, oh, no, it doesn't take a long time to learn the zone. It only takes two weeks. So I just feel like it's all excuses up there. It's all whatever pushes the, the narrative that they want to push to, look, I just don't buy it. I don't, I, and I, I really think this program is going to look at that Duke loss as, I mean, the dome's going to be empty now. It's, it's, it's going to be empty. The Wake Forest game, I already know, is a good selling ticket because it's the last game and all, all and all the, all that stuff. But if you look at the attendance, that has got to be what's going to get, you know, who cares what, you know, talk show radio says or, 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 or the fans, but when it's hitting you in the revenue, that's when it's got to be looked at. And he just got to win out. I, I, I just feel like everybody needs to know. He says, it's none of my business. It's not about me. It's not about you. It, it's not about Jim. It's about the program and, and, and it's about having a plan in place. And that's the way I feel. And a lot of people feel the same way. Well, I, I, I think, you know, the last time they had a plan in place, it didn't happen. So I'm assuming they're just not going to do that again. Cause it didn't work the last time. Let me ask you this, Pat, before we let you go. And, you know, I obviously, you know, Jim stuck his foot in his mouth a, a few weeks ago. I think we can all acknowledge that. And he shouldn't have said what he said. Um, what, what, and what, this is a name that's come up around here a lot. Would you rather have Nate Oates with what he said yesterday right now? Like, are we still happy about Nate Oates, who's got a guy on his team supplying murder weapons to murder? Like, are we, like, do you want to be that in the number two team in the country right now? Is that better? I I mean, that's one of the worst stories in the history of college basketball. So okay. I, 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 I guess when I, I heard Paulie say that earlier, and I just, and no, no, no offense to you, Brian, I, I got nothing but love for you. But to me, for lack of a better term, that's a stupid measuring stick. You know well, what I mean? Well, I just say I, I wanted to make sure that, like, I'm, some people though, Pat, and I'm glad you said that. Some people would still take that. <laughs> like, I think that's crazy to take that. Like, that doesn't change Syracuse no. at all. But like, it would be crazy to take that situation right now. I just think Nate, Nate Oates has been a hot name for for just two simple reasons, right? One of them was, you know, look where he coached. He coached right down the road. Oh, I get you know? why he was a hot and, name. And yeah, so between that and being number one, and you know, t- taking, you know. Uh, uh, a basketball program that, you know, a second fiddle to everything, uh, you know, go, going on in Alabama. I mean, come on. And, and you know, people were jealous. I'm jealous. When I watch Alabama and, and, and I see the energy and the talent and just everything going on there, I mean, look, the only way that we're going to be good is is you got to get it all right. You have to be able to pack that dome. Otherwise, it's it's not a good place to watch a basketball game. It's just the energy's not there. I mean, I was at a high school game last night. There was 500 people there or less, and it just had energy. It had spirit. We have no spirit, and I can't blame anybody for, for not getting pumped up. I mean, this is the least excited I've been about a regular season game and since uh, the Rakeem Christmas year. I mean, that's bad. That's bad. It's just bad, Brian. I, I appreciate the time. I don't think anybody has the answers. I, I just want accountability responsibility, and an action plan, which is what anybody would want. I mean, this is what gets us through these winters. Now it's snowing, and we stink. So I got to go get a uh, 
soda pop. All right, you get that, Pat. I'm sure I'll talk to you tonight. So we'll we'll, we'll right, we're thanks. still watching the game anyway. You know, uh, there's Pat. Hey, hey, like Pat, don't like Pat, whatever. The and I've talked about this all week, and the the idea of buildings being full, buildings not being full. And I, I will disagree with Pat about the, you know, I talked about it the other day. Like I had Big Monday on, on a Monday night in TCU and they're ranked. They were playing the number three team in the country in Kansas. It was a one possession game with seconds left. And there was a call that, you know, neutral fan, not really a questionable call. But if you're the home team and you're it, like, you're all right, it is boo the refs time. Let's go. Let's make some noise. And you could have dropped a pin in silence in there. Like, I get it. It's not the it's not 1985 in the dome anymore. It's not 30,000 multiple times a year. It's not that. TV, we've gone over all of the reasons. But to say the passion is gone from Syracuse, <laughs> clearly it's not. Uh to say the passion is gone, I think that's about 98 steps too far. Now, do things need to be better? Absolutely. You can't do this season and last season every year and keep the passion. You do this too many two more too many times in a row and that that is that. And once stuff like that is gone, it's really hard to get back. So it is imperative for it to improve here in the near future. But to say burn it all down is all, is a whole different thing. That said, we know Pat will be watching the game tonight. We know you all be watching the game tonight. That's what we do. And boy, do it, do it, uh, do it from your couch tonight, right? Like the weather's going to be kind of crap. Uh, so do mind that this evening. We'll take a break. When we come back, tell you what the Orange have to do to win the game tonight. You know, I was also playing in South Carolina tonight. Alabama basketball. Murder weapon guy. That's just down the road. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's two different problems. Like Syracuse is uh, average at basketball this year. Alabama is really good at basketball and uh, doesn't seem to care about uh, the rules of law in the United States. Who do you want to be? You'd rather be the team that's good and doesn't have those issues. But if those are the two choices, oh boy. Oh boy. We'll take a break. Much more to come after this. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.